You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. It is time. It is time. They can't be Packers. No. Are you crazy? You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Leahy, coming at you live with a new parent brain. That's right, we're working in the addition of my daughter, Addie, into our family routine, and it's uh, it, it is really, really wonderful. But with that comes, you know, lack of sleep, a little bit of fogginess sometimes. But that's why it's nice to have uh, football to focus in on, take my mind off of all the... Uh, you know, work stuff and house stuff and sit down and just relax, hold my daughter, watch some preseason games. It's it's honestly um, just, just been a really good time. And I'm getting hyped up for this upcoming season. I have a little bit of a little bit of trepidation about week one versus the Vikings. I, I think that they're going to be a, a pretty decent team this year. I do question whether they're going to be ready to go week one right out the gate. Uh, largely because they're starting so many young guys. But Packers are starting some young guys too, so we'll see. We'll see. And then week two, of course, absolutely going to be a bloodbath. I'm not sure the Bears are going to put up a single point. But today we're going to talk about Packers fantasy football. What you need to know, who's going to be relevant, should you draft any Packers for your fantasy team this year? Tried to get Jacob Boos on the show. He's uh, actually, I'm, I'm only assuming it's pronounced Boos. It might just be Bus, but I think it's Boos. But he's a you know member of the Packernet team. Good dude, love him a lot. Um, and he does no fantasy. Um, he's uh, tentatively putting together a new fantasy show for the network. We'll see where that goes. But good guy. Wanted to have him on here. Uh, schedule didn't work out, so I'm gonna fly solo. And that's why it's pretty nice to have um, callers call in, share their opinions, ask questions. I do have a question here that I think is going to dovetail into today's fantasy topic pretty well. I'm kicking myself, though, because I have a lot less calls and texts than I normally do. And that is (laughs) for the sole reason that um, I gave out Ryan's phone number all week to people just to troll Ryan and people were sending in calls to Ryan's show asking for me and I enjoyed it because I like getting under Ryan's skin but then when it came time to record this podcast I went oh I should have made sure some of those actually came my way as well so here we go we're, we're gonna we're gonna kick off the whole topic with wide receivers because I know that's what you guys are the most interested in and you want to know who's gonna have fantasy relevance 
um, for the Packers in the wide receiver room. So let's kick that off. And uh, we have our caller here. This is Sloth, apparently. Hello, JJ. This is Sloth. How many games do you think it will take before Romeo Dobbs becomes the wide receiver one. Thank you. Fantastic accent there. I'm going to be honest. I actually th- thought that was Thomas Austin at first. Then I realized I actually have Thomas Austin's phone number, and that was not it. So I have no clue who Sloth is. Um... Definitely a longer voicemail than it needed to be since we were speaking so slowly. So Romeo Dobbs, how long, how many games is it going to take for him to be wide receiver one? So first thing that went through my mind when trying to answer this question is, well, what exactly does wide receiver one actually mean? Like if we're going to try and put a number on how many games it's going to take to get him to this point, what does that even look like? Is it targets? Is it the Packers change up their depth chart that they publish on their website? You know, what does this look like? So I actually took to Twitter and asked, um, what do you guys think wide receiver one means? We're going to go with Dusty Evely's definition. It says it's a little known fact that to truly become wide receiver one, you must depart into the wilderness for two weeks with no gear, then emerge bathed in the blood of your enemy. So uh, I would say, I mean, Romeo's a little bit of a ferocious-looking dude. I eh, give him about a week and a half. Uh, some other answers. Sounds like a lot of people define wide receiver one as the majority of plays that are drawn up have you as the first read. And... Opposing defenses prioritize taking you away. That seems to be the consensus answer, but I would also say I think targets factors into that. Um, I also saw some people say that in a wide receiver one look, you're the wide receiver who's out there, which that actually makes sense because I think uh, Devante basically was that guy. So some combination of all those. Um, And I would say... I actually don't think it's an insane concept because of the way that Aaron Rodgers has been talking about Romeo Dobbs. So the context here mostly has, you know, obviously you guys have heard the comment about, uh, you know, other, other people who have uh, come in at his position and had this kind of preseason went on to be greats for the Packers, you know, and we kind of know who he's talking about, but, I think more telling would be when he was talking about Christian Watson and how his development is coming and comparing him to Romeo Dobbs and saying that the expectations for Dobbs are higher based on the way that he is playing and the fact that he's going to play so much this year. I think that's extremely telling. I don't think he's going to start the season as wide receiver one. But it sure sounds like Aaron Rodgers sees that potential for him as soon as this year. Doing a little bit of digging, I think that this is something you can get a jump on. 
You should definitely draft Romeo Dobbs. I, again, I don't think he's going to start the season off as one of the top two receivers, maybe not even a top three receiver. But I'm expecting it to not take v- too terribly long for him to really work his way into the target share. Um, what did I say? I'm looking around on fantasy sites to see what they think the depth chart is. And uh, Al Lazard looks like he's a roughly wide receiver 36 in fantasy uh, in terms of average uh, draft position. The next up, they, they say... The number two wide receiver for the Packers. This is on fantasypros.com. This is on ESPN Fantasy. Sleeper. I don't think I have anything for Yahoo yet. Looks like they're taking a little while to get their thing going. Um, but it every site has Al Lazard, wide receiver one. I think that's correct. Christian Watson, wide receiver two. I think that that is not correct right now. We'll see if things change. We'll also see if these fantasy sites update uh, their information as we get a little bit closer. After that, it looks like Sleeper is probably the closest with Romeo Dobbs at three. ESPN has Randall Cobb at three. Um, Sammy Watkins is three on Fantasy Pros. So no, no clear consensus, but the next three are those three guys, just in different orders. I think Sammy Watkins probably should be uh, wide receiver two on the Packers depth chart right now. And that is what their website says. The question, of course, is, you know, over the course of the full year, who's going to be more valuable, Sammy Watkins or Christian Watson, Randall Cobb, Romeo Dobbs? Those are your five guys. I don't know that anybody else from the wide receiver room really could possibly be fantasy relevant this year. So it seems like most of these sites are projecting that by the end of this year, Christian Watson is going to be um, a big part of the offense. I just push back on that a bit. The way I kind of have the entire time since we drafted these guys, I have just said I think Christian Watson clearly has the much, much higher ceiling. Um, But Romeo Dobbs, to me, comes into the NFL as a much more pro-ready player add in the fantastic preseason that he has had I think that he should be the clear and obvious wide receiver two in fantasy here Al Lazard um, as long as he's healthy he's going to get a big target share uh, assuming that he can get open against um, number one wide receiver or one number one cornerbacks I might be a little bit nervous to take Al Lazard um, very early in fantasy. I think the emergence of Romeo Dobbs and or Christian Watson or Sammy Watkins as a deep threat and, and maybe as a bigger target share is going to free things up for Alan Zard. I think early on in the year, you might get some sneaky good value from one of these guys. If Alan Lazard is the presumed wide receiver one, um, who's drawing all the attention from the defense who don't think that Romeo Dobbs um, is somebody worth devoting attention to. So keep that in consideration. If you want to take a later flyer on Christian Watson, I think that that is a fine choice. But the thing to keep in mind with him is that 
we and the team still don't really know what they have in him yet as far as what he can contribute this year. I know Rodgers likes him a ton. Rodgers uh, feeds Christian Watson the ball a ton in practice. That's been a thing going back to um, OTAs. Not OTAs. Minicamp. He wasn't at OTAs. That's been a thing going back to minicamp. So maybe he turns into something. I'm not probably going to expect anything more out of Randall Cobb than what we got a year ago, which is some games he's going to go off for a ton of points. Most games he's not going to get any points. Um, Last year, Randall Cobb played fewer than half of snaps. Now, he definitely missed some time. Um, He put up fewer than 100 fantasy points last year. And I, I, he has put up no more than 158 since 2015. So I really am not touching Randall Cobb except for in a pinch. Um, this is going to be basically the same as last year where you're going to uh, pick him up off of waivers if we are dealing with some injuries and you think there's a game where he's really going to go off. Um, he was kind of kind of predictable in that way last year. So Alan Lazard last year put up 142 points total uh, over the course of the year. That was um, his most ever in his career. Now you compare that with Devontae Adams at 344. I certainly think Lazard is going to get over 200. Um, I'm going to put his number probably right around maybe 220, 225 points um, over the course of the year, which would put him around the same territory as what you got out of Darnell Mooney last year. So that would be right around wide receiver 21. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Hollywood Brown, and Darnell Mooney are all right in that range. So um, if you kind of think about how they performed last year, I think that's right about the production you're going to get out of Lazard this year, uh, assuming he can get open. Keep in mind, Alan Lazard is a, uh, and certainly this year, will be a red zone target. Um, he's going to be a, a, a third and fourth down target, move the change kind of guy. Um, he is going to be one of the guys that Rodgers is going to trust when he is targeting the end zone. So Lazard might have not as many yards, but I think especially if you're playing in PPR, uh, he's going to get a lot of receptions and uh, probably a lot of touchdowns as well. Sammy Watkins, I would say just kind of view him how you viewed MVS in the last few years. Uh, I think he's going to be probably more valuable to the Packers than he is to your fantasy team. Uh, Maybe a long touchdown uh, or two here and there, but I I, I really, I don't think he's going to have much fantasy relevance. Um, And either way, he probably in a lot of leagues, I mean, he's only getting rostered in... 35% 35% of leagues right now, he's probably going to be available um, if you are just kind of paying attention to what the team says throughout the year, um, see if it starts to look like he's maybe factoring a bit more. The other thing with Sammy Watkins, uh, just if he happens to have a big week one, he's done that before. He has he has really good week ones for some reason um, over the last few years. Just explodes. You might put up 30 points in a week one game. And then maybe won't do anything else the rest of the season. 
um, that that makes you want him on your roster. So um, especially given that early on the season, you know, we have a couple of division games. We're working in these rookies. I I think that Romeo Dobbs is going to probably pretty quickly cut into any fantasy relevance that Sammy Watkins might have early on in the season. I think that's going to get replaced by Romeo Dobbs. Don't read that as me saying I think Sammy Watkins is going to be irrelevant to the team by the middle of the season, but for your fantasy team, I think Sammy Watkins will quickly become irrelevant. Christian Watson is being taken around 146 overall. Romeo Dobbs is going four rounds later at 181. Um, I think that Romeo Dobbs is fantastic value. You should, uh, I, I would say, take him well ahead of his average draft position and maybe let somebody else scoop up Christian Watson, possibly. Uh, yeah, if he falls a bit, I think Christian Watson is a great stash. But I also think he might fit a little bit more into that camp of Packers rookie wide receivers not contributing a ton. I, I think that around like 400 yards on the season um, would be a, a pretty nice get for Christian Watson. So not expecting a ton out of him in his first year. We'll be pleasantly surprised if we do get that. Al Lazard and Romeo Dobbs, I think, are the only wide receivers worth targeting in fantasy. As far as um, tight ends go, however, Robert Tunyon might be worth scooping up. I think he's going to settle in somewhere around tight end 10 on the season. Um, Just because of Rodgers' trust in him, I think some of that target share that uh, was Devonta Adams's will go to Tunyon, and he always has been a uh, red zone target for Rodgers. So the touchdowns, I think, will be there. I think he's probably still not going to have a massive amount of of uh, targets on the season, but a a disproportionate number of those targets are going to be uh, in the red zone. So um, don't I would say don't plan on him as your tight end. Um, but if things are kind of falling apart and you're looking at like uh, just a pile of guys, I think Alan Lazard is an or uh, Robert Tunyon is an okay option, not a great option for fantasy. Um, he, however, might be a fantastic option to stash uh, if you can get him a little bit later. Just go ahead and stash him um, and 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 see what his season turns into. There's absolutely no way I'm touching any other. Packers tight ends in fantasy. That's just not happening. So uh, Robert Tunyon is going around pick 193. Uh, I think that probably feels uh, about right for him. Um, I would say based on what he's done in the total of his career, that feels too early. But based on my expectations for him, uh, if if Romeo Dobbs and, and Robert Tunyon are both available and you're thinking about taking one of them, take Dobbs first. Uh, but then maybe on our next time around, go ahead and pick up Tunyon. And the one thing that I will say with Alan Lazard is you maybe are wondering what his stats have looked like without Devontae Adams. And his targets really don't go up. He's kind of a mm, right around a five, four to five target a game guy just in general. And that has been pretty consistent throughout his career when... Devontae has not been on the field. So 
Um, obviously, his his biggest game ever without Devontae came against the Saints in 2020. He was targeted eight times, hauled in six of those for 146 yards uh, and a touchdown. He also had one rushing attempt for minus two yards. Um, but he's not a stat monster when uh, Devontae goes out the way some other guys we'll talk about later in this episode are. So I think that does it for wide receivers. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking at running backs, uh, obviously only two guys worth talking about, and that's Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Uh, we had a headline going around about how Aaron uh, Matt LaFleur called both those guys 1A and 1A. Uh, that, I think, is true on the field. I don't think it's true in fantasy. Aaron Jones is a fantasy monster. Um, and throughout the course of his career, he averages 3.6 targets per game in games without Devontae Adams, those targets go up massively. Um, the fewest he's ever had is four. Uh, highest he ever had was 11 in games without Devontae. Uh, guy gets a lot of targets. Uh, seems like average is right about eight targets per game without Devontae Adams. So PPR, uh, dude is going to get you some touches for sure. He's also 
he is the goal line back. A lot of people who do not understand the Packers and are just lazy scouts, they try and describe A.J. Dillon as a uh, goal line back, the short yardage back. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, short yardage, sure, he can do it, but he's he's more the Derrick Henry build where it's just you can hand the rock off to him 25 times a game. He's the, the volume um, rusher. Aaron Jones is the guy with the nose for the end zone. So uh, touchdowns largely, I think, are going to go to Aaron Jones. Having said that, last year, neither of them had a lot of touchdowns. Four for Aaron Jones, five for A.J. Dillon. The running backs could not get it going last year, uh, I would say v- largely in due, uh, due to horrific run blocking. And it seems like the run blocking this year is a lot better. But also, uh, it seems like most of the uh, touchdowns last year came through the air. A lot of them to Devontae Adams, of course. Um, Aaron Jones, I think, is going to be another one of those guys who is trusted in the end zone. He pretty reliably is going to get you uh, 12 to 15 carries per game. He tapered off a lot toward the end of last year. Um, just, I think they were trying to keep him fresher. He was a little bit worn down. Uh, he missed week 11 with an injury. Um, and, uh, then he was held out week 17 as well against the lions. So two games with, um, no stats. And in between those, his carries were, uh, noticeably down from the rest of the year. AJ Dillon, uh, he's getting between 15 to 20 carries per game. He only had half as many uh, targets in the passing game as Jones did last year. I would expect both of those to go up. Uh, Is A.J. Dillon going to be a running back one for your fantasy team? No, I don't think so. Uh, Aaron Jones, due to the uh, receiving work, especially if you're playing in PPR, absolutely can be an RB1 for your fantasy team this year. Aaron Jones' average draft position is 17. A.J. Dillon's is 68. So uh, massive disparity there. I would not even remotely consider any other Packers running back. We don't even know who else might even make the team at this point, if anybody. But if anyone does, they will have zero fantasy relevance for the season. Now, the interesting thing is those two guys' fantasy points last year were pretty similar. Uh, 227 points for Aaron Jones in PPR and 183 for A.J. Dillon. So they're closer than you'd expect. Um, I I think both of those guys are going to get over 200 points. Um, Aaron Jones, um, so he had 65 targets last year. I fully expect that to be much closer to 80, 85 uh, I think he'll he'll be the clear and obvious um, number two receiving threat in terms of targets this year. I think uh, Alan Lazard is going to have about 100, and I would expect Aaron Jones to be, like I said, 80 or more. So um, even if the rest of his game is about the same as it was last year, in PPR, if you're getting an additional uh, 20 points there, putting you at two, uh, roughly like the 250 range, that does put you as a top 10 running back in fantasy. And even without that, he was the number 10 running back in fantasy last year. So, again, I think he's he is going to be a reliable 
um, running back one for your team, not a top end guy. Uh, I think he's going to still be roughly in that 10 ish range. The gap from seven to 10 is about 30 points. Um, and then you're looking at an additional 120 points when you jump all the way up into the top tier, you know, that upper echelon, where you got Jonathan Taylor at 369 points, massive difference, even down to, uh, seven through 10, which is roughly where I expect Aaron Jones to be. AJ Dillon, I'm thinking is going to be right around running back 15 or 16 on the season. Um, he is going to be a reliable running back two for you. And obviously one thing you could maybe consider is pairing those two guys together on your team so that, you know, you know that the fantasy points are going to come uh, from your running back room. If you got both guys on your team, I don't think it's the worst uh, thing in the world to try and pair those and make sure that you are getting the points regardless of which guy it goes to. Last year, Aaron Jones finished up as running back 10. A.J. Dillon finished up as running back 23. So that is a running back one and a running back two. A little bit low end for both of those. Makes sense. They are stealing targets from each other or stealing attempts from each other. They are being drafted. Aaron Jones is being drafted 17. A.J. Dillon is being drafted 68. So you can easily get both of these guys. And the nice thing is if you're nabbing Aaron Jones uh, middle or back of the second round, you were able to pick up somebody in the first round, uh, one of the better wide receivers. And that's honestly the funny thing is it's kind of in Devonte Adams territory. Um, a little bit, uh, a little bit too low for Cooper cup, but nab a really premier wide receiver, uh, right before you grab Aaron Jones, uh, circle around and grab AJ Dillon. It's not the worst thing in the world. Actually, AJ Dillon. So he's going in the, uh, seventh round, right now is that right 68 he's going to the seventh round that's bonkers that's crazy good value for him um i did a draft the other day and i got him in round six uh i did reach a little bit for him but i felt good about it now when it comes to quarterbacks um rogers doesn't do too terrible without Devonte adams on the field since 2018 he has had uh three pretty bad games in fantasy without without Devontae, and five good games. So the worst of those good games, he had 19.3 points. Obviously not what you're hoping for, but good enough that, that it shouldn't sink your week. Um, he has had three bad games. Um, one of those was against the uh, Lions. In 2018, this was the game where he got a concussion. They pulled him right away. Deshaun Kaiser came in and finished the game. He only had one fantasy point in that game. Um, obviously, does not count at all. He only had uh, five attempts, three completions for 26 yards. Uh, then he was sacked for a loss of 12 yards. That's where he got his, uh, his concussion. So that one we're going to throw out. The other two games where he had a really bad fantasy score. In 2019 against Dallas... This was the first game without Devontae Adams when he was missing time with his turf toe injury. Um, Aaron Jones had, what, was it four touchdowns, five touchdowns um, on the day? That's where all the fantasy points went for that game. 
following week was um, that 19.3 game that I mentioned, which was the worst of his five acceptable to good games. This was against Detroit. This was uh, Alan Lazard's coming out party. And Rodgers had 19 fantasy points. He had 39 passing attempts, 24 completions, um, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones missed a little bit of time in that game as well. The story of that game was there were no receivers available. Uh, What's his name? Darius Shepard coughed up the ball multiple times. Uh, definitely hurt Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, if you're looking at an example of a uh, game where Rodgers just does not have any receivers to lean on, uh, this is a good one. But also, uh, this is the this is Al Lazard's debut game with the Packers. The, the week after that, all right. So there's three weeks in a row that um, that we're looking at 43.8 points. This is versus Oakland. Um, MVS and uh, Geronimo Allison were back for this game. Uh, Alan Lazard was, again, a big factor. So uh, 31 attempts, eight fewer than the previous week, uh, 25 completions. Um, but he had 429 yards and five touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers did. Phenomenal game. So uh, that is the best game he's ever had without Devontae Adams. And he actually went on to have uh, three more games of 24 points or more, uh, 24, 27, and 29, over the next couple of years in games where Devontae would miss time. And the worst, uh, the, the only other uh, game where I would say he really had a bad fantasy output without Devontae Adams was uh, against the Cardinals last year. He had 15 points. Obviously, the story of that game was feeding the ball to the running backs and just bruising that defensive line, which is made up of a bunch of light, speedy guys who um, are really good against the pass and not so good against the run. So that really was a game plan thing. Also, Rodgers was missing his top, what, three wide receivers? I think Alan Lazard was out, uh, MBS was out, uh, Devontae was out. So it was Randall Cobb and a bunch of, uh, you know, Jawan Winfrey, Amari Rodgers types guys. So there you go. Um, I'm not nervous at all about Aaron Rodgers in fantasy. I think he's certainly going to hit 4,000 uh, passing yards. Um, he has hit that what, every single year, I think, since uh, every single year he's played a full season or close to a full season. Like I'm, I'm excluding 2017 and uh, 2015, 2013. So outside of those years where he missed a substantial amount of time due to injury, he has hit at least 4,000 yards every time. Really not nervous about that. I think he's going to hit that. Uh, his uh, touchdown to interception ratio is still going to be good. Um, you might have situations like we've seen in the preseason where there are receiver caused interceptions, you know, deflect deflections off the hands of a receiver into a, um, a an opposing defender. That could be an issue, but uh, also I don't think Rodgers is going to stand for that. You're, you might see him play a little bit more like he did in 2018. When, by the way, you know, <laughs> he couldn't trust anybody, but he still had 4,400 yards and 25 touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers will be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And the way that people are fading him uh, in fantasy this year without Devontae Adams, uh, he's tremendous, tremendous value. He is, um, oh, he's listed as QB 14. And he's being drafted at 92, which is 
the uh, what is that the eighth round. So relatively relatively late for a top ten quarterback. Um, I think round eight is a a good spot to take him. Round eight nine if he's available in your league. Uh, it's a good spot to take him. You, you really should not be nervous about him. Um, you know, is he going to be one of the guaranteed like top five guys the way probably uh, uh, Josh Allen should be counted on to be? Um, maybe uh, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, those guys. I put him just slightly outside of that, but really nothing to be concerned about. Uh, the only other thing to look at in fantasy is going to be the defense. The, the, the key that you're looking for here it would be turnovers. Packers are currently the number nine defense drafted uh, behind the Saints, Cowboys, Niners, Chargers, Ravens, Rams, Buccaneers, and Bills. Last year, they finished as uh, the 14th best defense. So they're being drafted as the ninth right now. I think they're going to be stingy for sure. Are they going to come up with the turnovers that you really need? Rasul Douglas was kind of a, a, a turnover machine last year. Um, I think you probably are going to get some of that again from him this year. Maybe if Darnell Savage is coming up with some of those uh, interceptions that he dropped last year, that goes a long way. They did have 26 turnovers last year. That is more than Mike Pettin's defenses ever had. Uh, Mike Pettin's had 15, 25, and 18. Last year, they were 26. So I think they are probably a good value where they're being taken, uh, taken at nine. Um, they would not be my first choice for defense, but, you know, right around number five or six, I, I think that I would probably take them over, uh, the Cowboys, the Chargers. So right in that range, I think that they are relatively reliable. If you're getting them around nine, 10, 11, 12, that, that's pretty good. Um, I think I would probably certainly take them ahead of like the Broncos and the Colts. So what hurts them a lot is the special teams turnovers that's a problem so blocked punts um i guess uh field goals and stuff are, are really on the kicker so the, you're separating mason crosby out i'm not touching mason crosby with a 30 foot pole in fantasy this year <clears throat> uh certainly hope he can bounce back but nothing he did last year should make you decide to put him on your fantasy team this year until he kind of earns that back so, um, but in terms of punt protection and, and just turnovers and stuff, I, they, the defense can help you out. The special teams kind of can hurt you. So uh, if you are in a league that splits those two out and you only have the, the just the defense that you're getting contributions from, that's probably a, a bonus and, and a reason to take Green Bay a little bit earlier. So there you go. Good luck to you guys in fantasy this year. Um, remember, you can call into the show, uh, leave a voicemail. Uh, you can send in texts. The number to do that, 231-714-4195. To keep up with all Green Bay Packers news and goings on, follow me on Twitter at JJ Leahy. Make sure you're reading Packernet.com every day for the latest, greatest breaking Packers news. And uh, I'll see you guys next week here on the Packernet Podcast Network.